Okay, three, two, one. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Casuals Only with Friends. I am so excited for today's episode. It's a long time coming, but don't worry, we got it done, so that's all that fucking matters. Um, It's your two favorite pop culture stoners. Um, My name is Shannon, and this show wouldn't be complete without my other half. Hi, I'm Sarah. Yay! Yay! <laughs> We've come so far. This is episode 10. So, like, this is the, the season finale. This is, like... Of sorts. Yeah, no, this is, like, a footmark for us. Yeah, this is exciting. I'm really excited. We have some really great categories tonight, um, mm-hmm. if I do say so myself. Uh, but <laughs> before we get into that, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners at home for continuing to download Casuals Only with Friends, just wherever you get your podcasts. Um, We're available on pretty much every podcast streaming platform, just not limited to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and um, the new Amazon podcasts. Um, A lot of our listeners are through Amazon or Amazon Echo, which is really interesting. Thank you, Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey, Jeffrey <laughs> Bezos. Speaking of, we'll, we'll get into that. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Um, Sarah, is there any news that you want to mention? Anything um, that's been going on this week or last week? I don't know. <laughs> I turned 27 not too long ago. Yo. Yeah. Like, yeah. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. My birthday's coming up soon. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the season. Tis the it season for the birthdays. Season. It's been a season for birthdays. Aquarius season was nuts. Um, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's coming to an end, thank God. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I don't really know. Oh, the have you seen the new Jurassic World trailer? The Jurassic no. World Dominion? Yo, that shit looks off the rails. You'll have really? to watch it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I thoroughly enjoy anything Jurassic Park or dinosaur themed, so. Really? Sure you I'll like love the it. new ones? Yeah. I'm a dinosaur kid at heart. Anything <laughs> with a dinosaur in it, I'll give it a watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the OG trilogy, I was a really big fan of. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second one. Even though that's the one with like Jeff Goldblum in the primary role, I forget yeah. about it a lot. Like, yeah. The third one is just so memorable to me, like the pterodactyl cage scene. Mm-hmm. That shit was wild. But um, yeah, I, I think the newer Jurassic Park movies or Jurassic World rather are interesting. Um, I think this has definitely jumped the shark, but in like a fun way, in a really okay. cool way. I don't know. Right. I'm really. I'm really into this, like, um, <laughs> extremes that we're seeing in, like, blockbuster films. Like, it's almost reminiscent of the 80s when the blockbuster films were just so ridiculous and over the top, but everybody was just eating that shit up. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, preying on our nostalgia, but I don't care. Take my money. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm down for it as well. Uh, have you been watching Euphoria? Yes, absolutely. How do you feel about this new season so far? 
Um, I have thoughts. So I really was a fan of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the second season has less of like a direction in terms of plot. Yeah. I still think it's like I still think it's gorgeous. I still think the acting is phenomenal, and the music by Labyrinth is always ethereal and awesome. But um, it f- the pacing feels real a lot less focused, you know, as a result I, yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. So I can't say that I like it less. It's just um, different. I feel like it's kind of follow it because I guess um, you know. Rue is the narrator and everything, but kind of follows like the flow of her life too. Like it's just all over the place, and it's like any focus other than herself. She's it, that's where the show is going. Yeah, and I guess like when I say like less of a through line, a plot, it's like when you look at the first season, there was the big conflict, which was Nate's dad's cd getting mm-hmm. leaked and yeah. it's him engaging in sexual relations with a minor so there's like a really heavy stake here mm-hmm. and it's something that's consistent throughout the the show and it affects other storylines yeah whereas like this season it's more like character focused we're getting a lot of like um rue shit a lot of jules shit and a lot of cassie shit yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's more hyper-focused on characters. And, like, yeah. Lexi, too. And I can appreciate that because people really like the characters of Euphoria. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I I feel like they kind of just, like, drop the whole thing of, like, um, where was I going with this? <laughs> I don't know where, were where you? I was going with it. Um. Oh, like they dropped like the whole idea of like who uh, Fez's grandma was, but then they they never really explain like what happened to her or like um yeah elaborate more on his story. Yeah, I think but, Fez needs a lot more attention. And yeah, Kat. yeah, and I'm I'm more interested in like. Those stories, and I want to learn more about um, Rue's family. Like, I want to learn more about her mom and her sister. I feel like we don't know anything about them yet. Yeah, the perspective that we have on Rue's family is very much from her perspective. Yeah, um, we don't get like um, much of their backstory or how they're feeling, other than like in the moment with Rue, or as a result of Rue. So, yeah, Euphoria is a great show. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not 2021. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, if not, I would have included it on a bunch of lists. Um, There are a lot of stuff that's been coming out in 2022 that's great that I'm really excited to talk about in the future. Yeah. Uh, Disenchantment just released a new season as well, if you're looking for a new cartoon to get into. And then apparently Futurama is going to be coming back as well. Yeah, Futurama is coming back. They just signed a deal with Hulu. And also on Amazon, there's Legends of Vox Machina. That's Mm -hmm. really fucking good. That's really funny. Is it the same animators that did Invincible? I think so. It looks very reminiscent of Invincible. But what's really cool about uh, Vox Machina is that it was a crowdsource 
um, effort, like because Ooh. it started from Critical Role on Twitch. Okay, and they do D and D sessions, and um, the fans are like, "We would really love to see this animated." Because the whole the whole draw of Critical Role is that it's all voice actors. So Ellie from The Last of Us, <gasps> she does stuff for Critical Role, and she's in this show, and they're all like playing characters that you know are okay. part of their universe. Yeah. That's okay. Now I want to watch that. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's really fun. And the episodes, I think they release like three at a time on Fridays. Oh, nice. Are they short or are they like? No, they're like 30, 40 minute episodes. Okay, that's pretty standard. Yeah, so three of those at once. So it's like really easy to binge. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. That sounds like a fun time. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Um, It's really good. But let's go ahead and introduce our categories for the 2021 award show special. Yay. All right. right. So um, let's just introduce the categories that we have. Sarah, I'm going to let you uh, do that. Okay, so we have Best Pictures, we have Best Animated Films, and then we have Best TV, Best Cast of Characters, Best Soundtracks, Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Game, and Worst Things I've Watched, Worst Song of the Year, and What I Wished I Had Watched. Yeah, I'm really excited. There are some good categories here. Yeah. And I'm really um, interested to hear what's on your list. Same. anything. I know. I really want to know. I want to know what music you've been listening to. I know. That's going to be such a fun section because, like, we haven't really talked about music other than, like, in the context of a TV show or a movie or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. we're actually just talking, like, artists and music preferences now. So we can let the audience know our tastes a little bit (laughs) don't judge me too harshly (laughs) all right so uh we're gonna start with um best picture or best film um so what we did was that we made a list of five our top five and we're going in um ascending order right so or descending Descending. descending order. Yeah. Yep. Descending order. <laughs> Whoops. Um. I'm high. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> descending order. So five, four, three, two, one, and one is our winner. So Sarah, would you like to start this category? Yeah. Okay. So question: Are we going to go like I go five, you go five, I go four, you go four, or am I going to go through my whole list and then you're going to go through your whole list? Oh, what do you want to do? I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> oh. Um. Okay, we can I go guess... back and forth. Let's try back and forth, yeah. and then we'll do all of them at once and see what we like better. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you guys are just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> all right. Tell us your number five. <gasps> I'm so okay. excited. So my number five was uh, Plan B, and it was on Hulu. Um, and basically what Plan B is about is after regrettable sexual encounter, straight-laced student Sunny and her BFF Lupe go on a quest to find Plan B after being denied it at their lo- their town's local pharmacy. So oh, wow. it's, it's a comedy, and it's very much um, the same movie as Unpregnant, which was released yeah. on HBO Max like a year before. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the amount of times I found myself like laughing out loud to like shit they were saying was so frequently uh, it became memorable. It was like one of the ones in 2020 that I was able to remember and like remember enjoying. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, it sounds very reminiscent of Unpregnant. As you were describing it, that's, like, immediately where my head went to. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that that movie came out in 2020 then. Yeah. It's crazy. I really did enjoy Unpregnant, so I actually haven't seen Plan B, but now I'm curious. I think you'd enjoy it. If you liked Unpregnant, it's it's the same exact plot. Who's <laughs> <laughs> in it? Um... No one that I really knew. It seemed kind of like a whole bunch of new new faces. Uh, I can look up the cast, though. I like that. All right. Well, my number five was The Suicide Squad. Okay. I really had a lot of fun with that movie. Um, The original, or the original, goddamn, no, the first Suicide Squad that came out, directed by David Ayers, uh, which was a disaster, came out in, like, a really bad time of my life, too. Oh, man. (laughs) I went with, like, an ex-boyfriend, and he did not want to go. He was so miserable the whole time, and the movie was bad, so I was just, like, sad (laughs) with an annoyed ex-boyfriend watching a really bad movie. And it still is bad. But (laughs) the great thing about the Suicide Squad is that it's, like, leaps and bounds better. They gave James Gunn the reins, and it's just so much fun. Um, And it's funny how they handle the previous movie in Mm -hmm. this one. Because, like Deadpool, they don't shy away from it. Um, Yeah. And unlike Deadpool, I feel like this movie will have a little bit more staying power because it doesn't rely so much on, like, pop culture references with its jokes, you know? So I think it might stand the test of time better, but it is, like, the same ilk as, like, Deadpool, Um, but just with DC characters. And so it's nice to see DC finally put out a good movie after, like, really bad movies in a row. Yeah. All right, Sarah, you're number four. Okay, my number four is uh, North Hollywood. (gasps) Oh, shit. That's a good movie. Right? Okay, so for those of you who don't know, North Hollywood is about a young man in his teens with the dreams of becoming a pro skater while also pleasing his father by becoming a, a successful adult. Um, I started learning how to roller skate in 2021, and... I kind of taught myself. I had a friend teach me, but then, like, I kind of, like, had to learn, like, different ways to move my feet around and everything. So yeah. YouTube's a great place for that. And then once you start getting into roller skating, skating skateboarding just kind of falls into your algorithm. And I found myself going through, like, a rabbit hole, and I found, like, trailers for this movie, and I just started watching, like, sk- uh, skateboarding movies. And this was one of them, and this was one mm-hmm. of my favorite ones that I watched. And the cast is brilliant. They're so much fun to watch. And, like, it has some weird characters. Like, it has, like, Miranda Cosgrove is in it. Yeah. (laughs) And Vince Vaughn. And those are, like, the two big names that they have. As well as uh, Angus Cloud, who plays Fez in Euphoria. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's, like, all pro skaters playing 
themselves, it feels like, as teenagers. Like, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah, there's something to be said about, like, the skateboarding genre as a whole. Um, there's been a, re- a lot of really good ones that came out recently. North Hollywood is one. I almost regret not putting it on my list. <laughs> I just forgot about it, honestly. I know that sounds terrible to say out loud, but I didn't forget about it in a bad way. It's just, like, I watch so many films. <laughs> yeah, it just slipped your... Um, yeah, it just slipped my mind. Yeah. But um, another great skateboarding movie that's kind of... Of like similar i would say maybe is mm-hmm. mid 90s i saw that? that yeah that's Ooh, a good one that's a great one and um the kid who plays stevie in that movie is incredible and i also learned that he played atreus in god of war which okay. like blew my mind so i'm like insta fan i love that <laughs> <kid>. <laughs> um all right my number four is spider-man no way home Hmm. um it was hard for me to put this at number four but like just for personal reasons and like my personal vendetta against marvel (laughs) there were some things about this movie that um i didn't like but there are a lot of things about this movie that i did like yeah and i saw it twice in theaters um and I got really emotional watching it the first time because, like, my mom is the person that got me into movies, and Spider-Man is her favorite superhero that she's, like, super down for. So, um, seeing the whole Spider-Verse come full circle was really cool. And that's all I'll say without, like, getting into spoilers, but if you haven't seen it already, go I fucking watch it. it. I want it so badly. I just... I don't know. I feel like I never have time. If it's still in the theaters, maybe I'll go tomorrow and just go see it. I think it should be coming out on, like, streaming soon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's really good. It's worth your time. Um, And if you just like Spider-Man in general, it's a good one. It's a good movie. Okay. So, we're moving on to number three. My number three is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, shit. Which was released on HBO Max as well as in theaters. And it's about um, this man, William O'Neill, who is offered a plea deal by the FBI um, by infiltrating the uh, Illinois branch of the Black Panther group. And he's basically gathering information about the leader, Chairman Fred Fred Hampton. And it features... uh, I'm going to butcher his name. It features Daniel Kaluuya. He was in Get Get Out. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And then also uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who's in Get Out. Who's also in Get Out. (laughs) As well as Atlanta and a handful of other great movies. So it's got a really great cast. Martin Sheen's in it. Um, it, it, I I enjoy... um, crime history i enjoy dramas i enjoy like mystery type of style shit so if you're into that and it's based on mostly true events so if you're into it that's a good one to watch fuck i didn't watch it i really wanted to it was a good one i just didn't get around to it but i keep seeing it on hbo max i should watch it it is fucking black history month um, it's 
crazy. Uh, I love period pieces too. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to think about all of the fucked up shit in American history. Like, (laughs) that's gone down. Um, So it'll be interesting to watch that. All right. My, we're on number three, right? Mm hmm. All right. My number three is The Green Knight. This was a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. Have you heard of it, Sarah? No. What's this? All right. So The Green Knight is a indie film starring Dev Patel in a indie modern interpretation um, of a old Arthur, like King Arthur medieval style poem. Okay. <laughs> called like the Green Knight or some shit. It's about fucking I think Lancelot's um uh nephew. Okay. It's one of the Knights of the Round Table's fucking nephews. And right. it's his like it's like his um his fairy tale, right? But it's a it's an A twenty four interpretation of it. Ooh, okay. Um it's really cool. It's very um it's very fantasy in the sense of like you have to really put yourself in like, you know, the Knights of the Round Table and Excalibur. But it made me think about that style of poetry and storytelling in a way that I hadn't considered before. Because I never really and please forgive me, but I never really found it that interesting as a kid. What poetry um, or well, like, you know, the story of King Arthur and, like, that kind of, those kinds of stories, right? Like, because mm-hmm. they're, they're, like, a whole fucking set of fucking fairy tales. Yeah. Um, And this kind of, like, opened my eyes to, like, oh, there's more to, like, English folklore and, and um, stories. And um, it's really cool seeing Dev Patel as a lead because he is an Indian man, a very beautiful brown man. And um, he's the lead, and he plays it so fucking perfectly. He, the acting is really great. Um, the cinematography is, like, the first 30 minutes of the film are still some of the best, is still some of the best cinema that I saw from 2021. Like, the first 30 minutes at the end of that sequence, like, I was breathless. <laughs> and I had seen it in a theater. I was just like, wow, that was really electrifying. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't want to spoil it, of course, but um, please go into it. I went into it with no prior knowledge, and I still really enjoyed it. And people who go into it with, you know, prior knowledge of that type of literature also seem to really enjoy it. So big recommend. All right. That's interesting. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, so we're on number two now. Yes. Number two for me was Don't Look Up. Ah. Have you seen it? No. Okay. (laughs) It's Adam McKay. What was that? Adam Adam McKay wrote and directed it, so. Yeah. I know it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's with, um... Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande, uh, Meryl Streep. There's, it's just a list cast. It's great. Um, 
It's really funny because I feel like this would be pretty much how humans handle like the end of the world. Uh, it's just like nobody's taking it seriously except like two scientists and they're freaking out over it and they're like getting into like a fucking Instagram war with the president. And I don't, I just feel like humanity is so silly and this just very well portrays it. And mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like, I feel like uh, Hollywood really enjoys telling the story of, like, Chicken Little, The Sky is Falling. Um, and this is just a comical adult version of that. Nice. That sounds good. I wish I watched that. <laughs> um, uh, I hear it's good. It is uh, good. I was watching it, and... Um, I was uh, sitting on my couch, stoned, and I just hear outside my window police yelling and screaming and arresting people, and it scared the living shit out of me. Oh my god. <laughs> and I had a full-blown panic attack, because I thought they were knocking on my door, <laughs> they were arresting someone right outside my window. <laughs> And that's what I remember when I think of this movie is having to pause it and like just freak out <laughs> for a moment. Because you thought that the fuzz was at your door. Yeah, I don't know why. Probably because it sounded like they were at my door. Mm -hmm. Paper thin walls. That's that, that's what it is. Yeah, I feel that. I love that. All right, my number two for twenty twenty one is Dune. Okay. Dune was fantastic. Um, there's not much that I can say about it that hasn't already been said. I think it's visually stunning. I wish, I wish, I wish I saw it in a movie theater or like in IMAX. I just saw it at home um, because I was like, I'm going to watch it on HBO Max because I can't wait. Um, and I never read the books before, but like the movie was just so um, interesting and visually stunning and like the world was compelling enough that it made me really want to like pick up the book and get invested in the lore you know yeah so uh dune was great i think i think dune was a good movie very good dune is a good movie unfortunately i tried to watch it on a plane and never finished <laughs> oh no that sounds like a terrible way to watch it, it was. <laughs> on a I plane need a yeah, I need to rewatch it and read the book. My roommate has it. I need to borrow it. Yeah, you need to give it the time that it's like that it's due. Just like whenever you're you're wanting to chill out. It's not even like it's not even like it's hella loud or anything. Like, I don't know. The movie's just really it's got this very interesting tone and atmosphere to it. It's just yeah. chill. But like exciting. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> go dune all right and now it's time for our winners this is the big kahuna the big winner for best picture oh, 2021 maybe. bo burnham inside holy fuck that's mine too really <laughs> yes 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 yes, yes. <laughs> holy fucking shit if I could turn back time and record an episode lost in time, mm -hmm. it'd be us doing fucking inside. Yes. What a fucking masterpiece that was. That was a really good one. 
But you, you, want- you go. I, <laughs> I go. Okay. <laughs> um, it's funny because in my notes I put, I'm not going to even explain my reasoning. It's just a piece of like art. It's a work of art. Yeah. Um, I, he, dude, he portrays like the difference between like the mindset of quarantining and like self isolation so well. And it's so crazy to find out that, like, he was self-isolating for so long and then he was ready to come out and he had to immediately go back into quarantine. And this was, like, the result of it. And you just see this man break down from being alone for so long. And it's not what you expect to see out of a, a comedy special, but it's what he gives you. And he's like, this is me. This is what I'm dealing with. Like, the world sucks and... I'm stuck inside and I'm writing these silly little songs about how I feel about like what's going on in the world from my window. Yeah. Inside was incredible. It felt so relatable mm-hmm. in a way that I wasn't expecting to be reached. Um, because like quarantining and self-isolation, even if you're quarantining with someone in your house, sometimes like you do feel alone. Yeah, You know, it can feel lonely, especially like with the trend of doom scrolling and just the state of the world as it is. It's really easy to feel overwhelmed. And um, I think he just beautifully encapsulates um, the funniness of it. Mm-hmm. Just the especially when it comes to his commentary on social media and like. Um, in All Eyes on Me, he's like, oh, fuck, he says like a really good line that references climate change. Oh, like, yeah. The, the, the seas are rising and no one gives a fuck. Oh, Put your you th- hands you, up. Like, yeah. I, I wish I'm going to look up the lyrics. You think, bro. you think the, some, some, something's rising like I give a shit. You say the whole world's ending. And it already did, or something like yeah, that, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, hold on. I got the lyrics right here, you guys. But... Don't fucking, don't fucking <laughs> cringe, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um, just even looking at some of these. Okay. You say the ocean's rising like a give a shit. You say the whole world's ending, honey. It already did. You're not going to slow it. Heaven knows you tried. Got it? Good. Now get inside. Where are we going to? I mean, like, the whole fucking song's genius. All of his songs um, touch in a way. And they all sound good. Yeah. This man is so fucking talented. He, like, not only produced his own music, wrote it, produced it, put it out. He also made music videos by himself in his room. As silly and as low budget as they are, they turn out great. And they're authentic. I think what's most impressive about this is that it's the most authentic thing i've seen all year like it's genuine it feels like a genuine perspective on something give me two seconds the cats have gotten into something and i just want to take it away (laughs) before they destroy it no worries no worries you know i can edit this shit
All right, we're good now. <laughs> All right, we good now? Mm-hmm. All right, let me put my gain up a little bit. I put it back on the stand. <laughs> All right. But yeah, we were talking about Bo Burnham inside. Um, and I was saying that it was the most authentic and like genuine thing that I had seen all year. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I think it's great. I think if you haven't seen it, watch it. I've seen it a handful of times. Mm-hmm. I think it's great every time. <laughs> and the music's great, so... Go Bo Burnham. And the you... internet loves it. <laughs> yeah, the internet does love it. Uh, go Bo Burnham. You win um, both of our 2021 uh, Best Picture Awards. Yay, for the first ever Casuals Awards show, we have a first. Woo! Woo! Hell so, yeah. I kind of want to stay with this pattern. Do you like this pattern? Yeah, I like this pattern too. Okay. We're going to stick with it. All right, that. All right, so All right. We're, we're moving on to best animated films. Hell yeah. Hell I love me yeah. some cartoons. Me too. <laughs> I love cartoons. I was so excited that it's its own category. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like our own little wannabe pop culture awards, like Academy Awards thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but way cooler yeah. and way less racist. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the oscars right i haven't seen that shit in so long have you no but i also exactly. don't have cable so if they put that shit on youtube for like no. free now yeah no, i'm okay <laughs> all right all right so my number you want... f- go ahead sorry <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> my number five was the mitchells versus the machines Ah, I wish. wish Oh, my God. The cast alone makes you want to watch this movie. It has Abby Jacobson, uh, Danny McBride, Eric Andre, Fred Armisen, and that's only, like, just a few people. Like, Maya Rudolph. Um, Who else? Just everybody. Everybody who's funny and just very expressive and bright and colorful, and the whole movie is a lot of fun, and... I recommend you watch it if you haven't. I know. I heard about this movie way too late in the game. Mm. I think when I heard about this movie, it was December. Oh. And um, I couldn't find it on Netflix um, because, like, all the lists that I had seen were written, like, earlier. So it was, Mm. like, streaming on Netflix at the time. And I I couldn't find it. Um, I'm still very determined to watch it because I've heard nothing but very good things about it. Um. So I'm really, I'm jealous. I wish I saw that. It looks good. I hear nothing but good things. So my number five (laughs) is going to sound really silly, um, but I put Paw Patrol. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. um, I had to go see Paw Patrol for reasons, and I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. But, man, I can understand why that show is, like, crack to children. It's just, like, it's so, it's just so over the top and ridiculous. And it's got cute puppies. Like, how can you, 
can you possibly hate this TV show? How could you possibly hate this movie? It's like actually really beautifully animated. Like you can see the fur on Chase's coat. Like (laughs) it's it's intense. Um, It's really well voice acted, except for the Kim Kardashian cameo. It is horrendous. <laughs> it is so bad. It is the worst part. It is the worst thing about the movie. <laughs> it's her cameo. It's really bad. She's um, a mom now. She's trying to. She's fit trying. In with her children. She's trying, but fucking whoever was directing her that day failed her. <laughs> That's yep. what I'm gonna say. Um, but it was cute. It was fun. Paw Patrol for the win. Paw Patrol for the win. Okay. Paw Patrol is on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the bullshit that they say in that movie all the time. Uh, <laughs> Alright. Number four for me was Rhea and the Last Dragon. Um, this is with uh what's her name? Aquafina? Yes. Yeah, Aquafina. And Disney Disney does a good job at making movies for the most part. <laughs> um this one was one of my favorite this year that they put out is beautifully animated and I'm a sucker for a female protagonist and there were three. So, thank you. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, also kind of, like, um, it's a, it's nominated for, ooh, sorry, my mic almost fell, <laughs> for an Academy Award. Um, but also, like, it, it caused so much controversy on Twitter. Really? Um, yeah, because someone, a a YouTuber, compared it to um, Avatar The Last Airbender, and it, like, uh. spurred this whole-ass controversy. So whenever I think of Raya The Last Dragon, that's what I think of. Um, my number four is also a Disney film. Okay. It is Luca. <laughs> or Call Me By Your Name for Kids. Right! I like to call it. <laughs> right! <laughs> very like and i'm not saying that to be like oh no 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 no, no. it's very gay but in the best way possible it really is like disney's for it's like whoever was working at disney was like i really fucking love call me by your name Mm -hmm. and we're gonna do it but with mermaids (laughs) and like (laughs) fucking works it's really cute um it's beautifully animated it's it's cute it's a cute Mm -hmm. movie i don't think it, it goes you can't go wrong Yes. Uh, it's it's cute. I liked it. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's so cute. It and makes you want to go to Italy. Right? It's just so pretty. It makes you want to so drive beautiful. a Vespa. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So number three is another Disney film. It's not really a film. It's more of a short film. It's Us Again. Um. Disney Plus basically puts down all of, like, the uh, Pixar shorts. And Us Again was the one, I think, that was released with Soul. And it's just really cute and sweet. and reminds you that youth isn't, like, just a physical feature. It's within you, and it's a feeling, and it lasts as long as you allow it to. And... You, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can always feel young, and it's just really beautiful. It's about this couple that, like, go dancing in the rain, and they're young in the rain, and then when the rain goes away, they go back to the age that they really are, and she's like, oh, it's okay. 
you always make me feel young type of thing. I don't know. It was cute. Aww, it's really shit cute. Always gets me emotional. Right? Those fucking little things are so little five minute bro. movies. They're really cute. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. If I'm being completely honest, but like you make me really want to watch it. I really want to watch it. My number three is gonna sound a little controversial coming from me, but like this is my personal list. So mm-hmm. if you fucking hate it. I don't give a shit. Tweet at me. I actually have a Twitter now for for the podcast, a personal okay. Twitter. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. You can tweet at me there if you fucking don't like it. But my number three <laughs> is Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. Uh, basically the fucking Ava movie that came out this year. Mm-hmm. And I say it's like a controversial choice for myself because I hated it. And I liked it at the same time. Okay. Like, um, I, I guess you could say I'm a purist when it comes to my Ava content. (laughs) I'm that fan, but no, um, I personally prefer the 1995 anime, but I do enjoy consuming the content, like the universe, kind of like Ghost in the Shell, except Ghost in the Shell is just a better executed universe, in my opinion. Because, let me tell you, um, there's the anime version, there's the movie remake version, and then there's the rebuild series. And this movie that came out is the last movie in the rebuild series, and basically the last movie ever. This is the way that Hideki Anno wants to end it and i can appreciate it from that perspective as a fan (laughs) personally for me it gets a little too fucking crazy and that's a lot coming from someone like me who really likes crazy um in her content it gets really fucking weird um and you have to just be on board with the ride. You just have to be like, well, fuck it. I'm, I'm invested at this point, so I'm going to finish it. <laughs> and I know that doesn't sound like a very glowing review for my number three movie of the year, animated-wise. Um, but it is a series that means a lot to me. And when I was thinking of animated films that I had watched, it was like one of the first ones that came up in my mind and it's hard for me to dismiss that um and dismiss the significance of the series and there are a lot of people who really liked it and i i can appreciate i can understand why they liked it because everybody wanted a happy ending so to speak um but i like my shit depressed like me (laughs) so um you know it was good though i liked it okay so how how many movies are there in this series and like how many mm-hmm. seasons is it a tv show so as well yeah so there's only one season of the tv show which is the 1995 run okay and that's 26 episodes and that's a complete story right there All right. yeah you know um but then the creator hideki ano because this is it has so much to do with um otaku culture and like toxic fandom culture especially in the 90s like people were sending death threats to the studio because of the way that the show ended um and so he was like fuck you guys i'll just rewrite the ending and so he did this movie called the end of evangelion which is like the first movie okay and it's like a rewrite of the last two episodes 
mm-hmm. and that's like its own thing and that's really good for some fans that is the definitive ending not for me i have a video essay in the works about that <laughs> that's how much this series means to me but then there's the rebuild series and that's i think what three movies yeah three movies there's uh oh no four movies it's you cannot um you cannot advance, you cannot redo, you cannot... I don't know. They have really stupid subtitles, whatever. It's fucking anime, all right? But there's uh, four movies, I think. Um, and this one, that's why it's called 3.0 plus 1.0. It's, like, basically four. It's like, oh, this is the fourth one. Ta-da. Um, and those movies have been spread out over, like, a decade, pretty much. Like, the first rebuild movie i think came out in like 2013 or like 2012 and this fourth one just came out in 2021 so it's been like highly anticipated amongst fans and stuff you know it's a good series i recommend it um to anyone anyone truly it's it's a series that i just really get behind in that manner um and it's like a classic for a reason. And this was a satisfying conclusion for the most part. That's good. Unless you're me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we are on number two. Number two. Number two wasn't a movie that came out in 2021, but it was a movie that I watched in 2021. I'll Porco- allow it. Porco Rosso. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Yeah, I really enjoyed Porco Rosso. I mean, I love everything Hayao Miyazaki puts out. That man can do no wrong in my eyes. But uh, it just, it took me a while to get around to Porco Rosso. And when you were like, no, go watch it. Like, it's worth the watch. I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I fell in love with the story. It's so well done. And I'm happy that you shared that with me. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm really glad that we did that Ghibli podcast because it really got me to watch like movies that I hadn't seen, like Whispers of the Heart I watched. Like I was going, you know, like The Cat Returns, the ones that you were really hype about, I had to go and watch. So I'm really glad that you saw Porco Rosso because that movie is, I think, under talk, like under hyped. Like you don't see a lot of people talking about Porco Rosso, but Porco Rosso is great. And Michael, Michael Keaton, he's fantastic. I love him. As Porco Rosso. He's great. Yay. Sure. Um, Yay. My number two is Encanto. Um, I was so excited for this movie to come out because I'm Colombian. Um, it was so exciting to finally see, like, Colombian representation on screen in a way that wasn't associated with, like, narcos or cartels or shit like that. Um, which is cool in its own right, I guess, you know, because, like, true crime and shit like that. But it was just really cool to see, like, cultural stuff portrayed, especially, like, from Disney, because mm-hmm. I like Disney. I'm a Disney kid. <laughs> That's just how it was. Um, so this movie was very, very emotional for me. Um, I love Colombia. It's a beautiful country, um, and it's a very diverse country. So it was really beautiful to see all of these different characters with different skin tones, different hair types. Like, you know, Colombia's um, colorful and beautiful in more ways than one. So um, Encanto just 
really made my heart sing. And it's like, um, it's got great music and it's got a story um, that's refreshing, that's different from like what the Disney formula has been um, recently. Like yeah. there's not a traditional villain. Um, and yeah, they've been doing non-traditional villains. I get that. But like, I wouldn't say that there is a villain in this story. It's just a beautiful story about family and connection and, you know, trying to build those relationships back up, um, like admitting that you were wrong, you know, like yeah. really, really big topics to handle, especially for kids, like not necessarily that like, um, I guess someone put it in a YouTube video really well, especially when it comes to Abuela, is that you can um, you can understand where she's coming from, but it doesn't justify what she's done. Okay. In the way that she treats her family. Yeah. So you can un- so there's perspective, but um she also admits that she's wrong, which is really powerful. Um and and is a topic that seems to really have touched a lot of people. Um especially when I see conversations about um in Kanto, it's usually about um familial trauma, generational trauma. Um and Abuelas in uh, Latin households, at least in Colombian households, from my experience, are very central figures. Um, and from someone who has a complicated relationship with her abuela, it was just like it was just like a really emotional movie for me. And it's got bangers. Just watch it. <laughs> okay, I'll give it a shot then. All right, and our number one. What's your winner? What's your winner? Luca. Luca! Luca was my number one. I Basically, you hit the nail on the head. It's uh, Call Me By Your Name for Children. It's very gay in all the best ways, and the pasta looks delicious, and I love the friendships that are made in that movie, and I love the colors and the soundtrack and score is just beautiful. And I I can't say enough nice things about this film. It was one of my favorites, and it made me cry so many times because I felt it so deeply in my heart. Oh, I love that. Luca was great. Luca's fantastic. Um, my number one goes to Demon Slayer Mugen okay. Train. This fucking nice. movie was lit. <laughs> this movie was so fucking lit. Um, and it fucking broke records. It's the number one uh, selling anime film, animated film fucking worldwide. Animated. Wow. Like that's including fucking Buzz, like fucking Toy Story, fucking Pixar films. Yeah, this fucking Mugen Train fucking beat those fucking records, which is insane. That is um, insane. It's also just really good. Uh, and beautifully animated, just like the anime TV show. Um, and it does a really good job of adapting that story arc and serving as a good bridge between season one and season two. Great film. Okay. But. Yay! Yay! Okay. <laughs> and now. We're moving on to TV, which yep. is my favorite category because I watch so much TV. Not really. <laughs> I just enjoy cartoons and like shows. But um, Shannon, would you like to start us off with your number five? 
Yes, I'll go. Yes, thank you. Change mm-hmm. of pace. Mm-hmm. My number five is Arcane. Okay. The League of Legends show on Netflix. I think it's beautifully animated. I think the voice acting is really cool. And it has like pretty much like nothing to do with the video game in the sense that like you don't have to play League mm-hmm. to watch it. Um, it's great. And that that theme song was played everywhere and it gets stuck in my head constantly. Did so. you ever play League? Yeah, I've played League. Um, I don't main Jinx or Vi, unfortunately. Um, I main more like Morgana um, or Ari. Okay. <laughs> but like I don't play League uh, seriously because um, that shit gets really complicated. All right. <laughs> I I was Do always really no I was always really confused by like League of Legends I was more into like World of Warcraft, um, mm-hmm. I played that for a while, but I think that's like as far as like that really went for me. Um, I I I just it it kind of rem- was is it like similar to like Magic of the Gathering or like what what would you compare it no. to? Um. Dota. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, like you're just not familiar with the genre. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I wasn't really familiar with the genre either. The thing is, like, I played League of Legends back in like 2013 when I was in college, and that's partially the reason why I fucked up my first my second year of college. I was just playing so much league. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but it's like this five v five um arena type like mmo like what is it it's like an mmo something i don't it's a moba it's a moba sorry um it's like i don't multiplayer online battle arena something like that okay um you'll just have to like you have to either like play it or watch it it's hard for me to explain um to you okay over the over the phone, not on the phone, <laughs> <laughs> but I really wanted to say over the phone. <laughs> but yeah, um, the TV show, though, regardless, is very good. Okay. What's your cool. number five? Rick and Morty season five. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I gotta, mate, hold on. Hold on. Shit. <laughs> I might have to rearrange my list. <laughs> okay. I know what I'm going to do. Go ahead, though. Tell us okay. about Rick Okay, all right, Morty. all right. So this, sh- this show has always been a very intelligent cartoon. And by what I mean by that is that, like, Rick is self-aware, and not many cartoons are self-aware. And he knows that he's in a cartoon, and he knows that, like, his fate is just, a- just make a bunch of stoners laugh, and he fucking hates his life. And, um, so it... It was a weird take this season where he's, like, focusing on, like, his family and focusing on uh, his friend. Like, he he saves Birdman this season. And mm-hmm. um, he... <laughs> My favorite bit of the season was uh, Rick and Two Crows. <laughs> Rick and Two Crows is fucking great. <laughs> he finds out that crows are sentient. <laughs> and... Um, <coughs> I just did I, you I, not know? Yeah, one of the episodes was named after Evangelion. 
It was mm-hmm. called yeah, yeah, Rick yeah, Van yeah. Rick yeah, yeah, yeah. Vangelion Morty something. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one too. Um I don't know. I, I feel like they kind of lost me in season three and season four. Definitely a little bit more in season four. Mm-hmm. I didn't really thoroughly enjoy that season. But season five ended it the way I wanted it to. I wanted to see what was going on with the uh, the other Morty, the uh, anti-Morty. Yeah, evil Morty. Evil Morty. With like one of the best villain songs themes of all time. Yes. Yeah, that shit's tight. Um yeah, Rick and Morty. So I I debated adding it to my list. I didn't. I I'm not gonna cheat like that. Okay. I'm not gonna cheat like that, but you chose the ones you chose for a reason. Yes. You don't want to change it around now. mm Mm-hmm. That's kind of my mentality going into it, but that's a fucking great mention. I I think this that season for me was return to form for mm-hmm. Rick and Morty. It mm-hmm. was back to what I fucking loved about Rick and Morty, which is Rick's um introspective moments, like when he realizes that he's being self-destructive mm-hmm. and, you know, that he is a shitty person. But what's interesting about this season is that he tries to, like, course correct that. And it's it's always interesting to see when Rick decides to show moments of, like, emotional vulnerability. Um, those moments are really f- fucking interesting to me and really well written because I think at, to some people that they can tend to be, like, relatable, you know, um... You know, people tend to have self-destructive tendencies or, like, um, belittling thoughts to themselves. Um, But what's cathartic about Rick and Morty is that, like, you visualize how it's literally making him miserable. Like, Mm -hmm. this idea that Rick is a good person or that he's someone to be idolized, they're stupid. They lack media literacy because the whole point of Rick is his misery (laughs) And, and almost being this, like... Um, self-aware fucking almost godlike creature in this universe because he's got so many powers but in this season he shows more vulnerability which makes it more interesting yeah cool. great yeah so uh, what is this uh, number four now number four alright my number four goes to WandaVision, WandaVision. (laughs) Yeah, I fucking loved WandaVision. WandaVision, I forgot that this came out in 2021. I honestly for a moment thought that it came out in 2020. Um, So I was very relieved to see that it came out in 2021. Um, It is such a interesting take on a very heavy subject matter, which is grief. And people deal with grief in different ways. And it was fascinating to see Marvel, of all things, um, take on a subject matter as heavy as that mm-hmm. and execute it in such a fun, cool way that also pays homage to, like, the various eras of television to like where we are now um i really some of my favorite moments of the tv shows where they're like 
you know, parodying like I Love Lucy or like Bewitched or, you know, like these older TV shows, Brady Bunch. <laughs> like it's just really cool, really fun. Um, but also at the heart of the story is a very deep emotional core, which is uh, Wanda dealing with her grief and her trauma and how it's affecting the world and the people around her. Um, and, you know, as someone who's lost someone, um, it, it, it hit really fucking close. It was a good, it was good. I really liked it. Yeah. Go fucking WandaVision. <laughs> For sure. That's really interesting that you chose a show with that, um, theme because my fourth one has the same theme but it's not the same show Ooh. f is for family season five. Oh, um, and i i love realistic uh dysfunctional families portrayed in cartoons like i love bob's burgers a lot because they face like day-to-day normal troubles that like normal people face but it's just funny how they um handle them mm-hmm. and that's what i really enjoy about f is for family uh and it went a little heavier this season you know uh the main character frank is played by bill burr and in season four he loses his father after finally coming to terms with like who his father was and how he treated him as a kid and he uh finds a a box or a letter or his oh his dad's last words was like a number and he's like i don't understand what 16 is or i don't understand what this meant so he goes Mm -hmm. looking all around town and um everywhere that his dad used to stay with this number and everything had this number on it and then it was just like it was his way of um you know, dealing with the loss of his dad because he was looking for, like, an answer. He was looking for an apology. He was looking for, like, the last... Reason. Yeah, well, also just, like, one last um, way to um, bond with Mm. someone that he never really had a bond with. And you so rarely see that in TV shows and in media, but you so very, very rarely see see that um, in a cartoon because cartoons are supposed to be light and happy. And that's why I really enjoy shows like Rick and Morty and F is for Family because they're like, hey, we understand life sucks, but we're going to make one big joke out of it. And I, li- I don't know. I, I like not being treated like I'm an idiot by the media i enjoy absolutely um who else is in this show f is for family is this on netflix yeah okay so i fuck i can't remember his name he was in waiting he plays the character who's supposed to become manager and then he ends up quitting and he was also in um he's he's been in a handful of movies like jeepers creepers and justin long I think so, maybe. Hold on, let me Is look he the up. brother in Jeepers Creepers? I think so. Then it's Justin Long. It is yes. Justin Long. Okay, so I it, fucking know that motherfucker. It's Bill Burr, Justin Long, <laughs> Laura Dern, Sam Rockwell, 
Haley Reinhart, um, Vince Vaughn's in it. There's there's a whole bunch of people. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. I I I another thing that I admittedly have not watched, but honestly, I know knowing that Bill Burr is in it, I really enjoy his comedy. Um, and also everybody else who's in it. In your He's description, a riot. the show's a riot. There's moments that are just like they make you just burst out <laughs> laughing because of just how ridiculous it's. <laughs> situations being handled um, (laughs) i have to watch it i'm i'm sold i'm convinced now all right my number three number three my number three is squid game okay yep squid game it was great i loved it i loved everything about it it was worth the hype it is not a pro capitalist fucking show and if you say that I don't like you. <laughs> it is um, great. And we have a podcast on it. Go mm-hmm. fucking listen to it if you really want to know my thoughts on it. And that's all I got to say. Fuck you. I'm out. Squid game. Mic drop. My number three was Nine Perfect Strangers. Ooh. I've- was that the one with Nicole Kidman? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <gasps> and I talk Ooh. about this show with everybody to this day because it's such a good show and it's has such interesting and vividly um enjoyable um like what's the word i'm looking for vividly enjoyable not graphics but um cinematography visuals Mm -hmm. and cinematography and um a stellar cast it's just it's a really good show it's one season it's easy to binge um i i was watching it with my friends we're meeting up every single week because it was like one episode a week um and we would eat dinner and then sit down and watch the show and just get lost in it and it's has its moment home has its moments when it's really funny it has its moments where it's like kind of shocking and it has its moments that, um, I don't know, they, it, it makes you cheer on the character and cringe for them. And it's it's just great. It's such, it's such a good show. And it was a book at one point. So if you've read the book, definitely give the show a watch. Nice. Um, nice. Nine Perfect Strangers, you said. Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. Nicole Kidman. I kept seeing the ads for it, and honestly, like the ads made it look bad. <laughs> like they made it look cheesy. But I'm glad to hear that. Like it's good. It's so good. I'll have to give it a chance. It's a good one. Marketing's important. <laughs> All right, number two, silver medal. This goes to. The Grand Tour presents Carnage à Trois. Um, I uh, have recently, in the, like the last two or three years, really got into Top Gear okay. <laughs> and got into car culture. And um, if you're not familiar, Top Gear is a British car journalism show um, starring Jeremy Clark- Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond, and they're all a fucking riot. And um, 
I love James May and, and Richard Hammond. Fuck you, Jeremy Clarkson. But I still really like um, their dynamic. So um, Grand Tour is their brainchild, their, their Amazon baby, because they got kicked off of fucking BBC or Channel 5 or whatever the fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> um, not they. Specifically, Jeremy Clarkson did, because he, he punched a dude in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but that's without context, okay? If you watch the show, you kind of understand that the producers would put them in these like increasingly ridiculous scenarios, especially when they would travel overseas. Mm-hmm. And there was just an instance where they basically were like depriving them of food and shelter for sake of the gag of the show. And Jeremy Clarkson, understandably, was it- irritable and he ended up punching a motherfucker in the face because they wouldn't let him stay at a hotel (laughs) i would too i throw a fit too (laughs) so um i followed them to amazon and carnage a trois is their french special where they kind of do an examination of french car culture in france France's cars and I love it. The music is great. It's in 4K UHD. It's beautiful. Um, if you don't like cars, it, that, that shit makes you like cars. It makes you appreciate kind of the, um, the impact that cars have had in culture. Um, it's cool. So that was my number two. What about you, Sarah? Number two for me was Netflix Demon Slayer. Um, is everything that you want in an anime. It's bingeable, gory, funny, well-drawn, well-animated. The sub version is great. The dubbed version is great. I just enjoyed it. I had no idea that like Demon Slayer was going to be such a big thing. I had no idea it was a big thing. Um, but yeah. I enjoyed the anime that was released on Netflix. It's only one season, but I think they they moved to either Hulu or uh, Crunchyroll or... So, <laughs> disclaimer, uh-huh. um, Demon Slayer came out in like 2019. Oh. Um, it's on Netflix. It's been on Crunchyroll. Um, Demon Slayer's in season two now. I think like they're getting close to the season two finale. Okay. That's why I say that um, Mugen Train was like a bridge between season one and season two because season one was 2019 or yeah 2020 was season one i think or 2019 one of the two and then mugen train came out and then season two came out late um so they just like released it on netflix in 2021 yeah, they uh, Netflix got the rights in 2021. Okay. That was the time that I so, saw it. I, no, no, I had no, no idea fine. Demon Slayer was even a thing until then. And- You're good. I just wanted to clarify for the people at home. <laughs> it is in its second season, and the second season is almost done. I've been watching it. <laughs> but yeah, it's on it's on Netflix, um, the first okay. season. Um, but is all this- of the seasons are like on Crunchyroll. Okay. Is it on HBO Max? Uh, I don't think so. No? Okay. No. It's just like Crunchyroll or Funimation. Gotcha. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's time for number one. I'm glad you like Demon Slayer, though. Yeah. Who'd you like? Who you like? Who you like? Who's your favorite? Remember, I don't remember which one was my favorite. Hold on one second. Let me look up their names. I'm sorry. I'm 
I'll fill the time. It's okay. I like crybabies, so Tanjiro was my um, fucking favorite because Tanjiro uh, cries a bunch like I do. Um, and I started watching Demon Slayer and like My Hero Academia around the same time, mm-hmm. and both of them have very prominent crybaby characters like yeah. Deku. <laughs> so um, I was super about it. So Hashibira, and- am I pronouncing that right? I think so. Yeah. Ha- Hashibira. I liked Hashibira. Yay! Yay! I love Demon Slayer. I'm glad you watched it. Now get on season two. Okay. I can give you my crunchy roll. But it's fucking good. And I just uh yeah, I'm I'm watching it. It's good. Alright. My number one. Your twenty twenty one best television goes to The White Lotus. That fucking show was iconic it was great it's a dark comedy on hbo max starring a shit ton of people uh like jennifer coolidge molly shannon fucking sydney sweeney alexandra or alessandra daddario alexandra whatever her name is the fucking bitch from percy jackson okay and yeah and she was also in baywatch um i think that's her name Something to Dario. I'm really sorry, lady. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't think of your name. But it's got a ton of people. And it's um fantastic. Um, and when I say new people, like upcoming and old, like there it's just a great cast. Um it's a it's a really compelling mystery character drama based in a Hawaiian resort. And um, the way that the character stories layer and the way that they interact with each other are just funny. Um, There is a whole sequence where one of the characters just has a complete breakdown because he finds out that his father was gay. And so he has this like whole sexual identity crisis as he's getting hammered at this like resort in in hawaii and it's just funny it's just really funny scenarios jennifer coolidge just steals the show and if she's not if she doesn't win an emmy then i think it's rigged 100 percent. if it already isn't it is so yeah that's my number one sarah Um, i'm dying to know so my number one was squid games I love survival drama movies and TV shows, and I thought Squid Game was a really cool concept and how they took that um, genre and ran with it. And I really enjoyed the conversation that came out of it between us. It got us to start doing the podcast again. So, yeah, listen, Squid Games, I, I love you. You're going to be number one for me. Yeah, Squid Game was great, and yeah, it was hard for me not to put it at number one, but um, White Lotus was just really fucking good, but Squid Game was fucking great, and we, again, we have a whole podcast about it. Go fucking listen to it. Um, It's great. It's a great show. All right, what's our next category? Next category is going to be Best Cast of Characters. Oh, shit. All right, best cast of characters. I got to flip my page. Okay. I'll start again. We'll go 2-2. Okay. All right. 
So, my number five best cast of characters goes to Cobra Kai. Um, yeah, I this one just counts because it released December thirty first, twenty twenty one. But um, yeah, I love my dojos of babies. Um, yeah, I love them all so much. And um, as infuriating as the parents can be um, in their reactions, I love them too. Um. Like I've said in the past, Cobra Kai is just like comfort food for me. It's yeah. just, um, they just make me happy. I get really happy when they're succeeding. I get sad when they're not, you know, they're, they're just a great cast of characters. Yeah, that's a solid one. I totally forgot that that they did come out at the end of 2021 and I binged it in a day or two because I had COVID, but. I, I completely <laughs> forgot to mention it on any of the uh, past categories because I totally spaced that it came out in 2021. There were so many good things that came out, though. So, like, it really was. Fuck, like, even in Best Picture, I wanted to mention, like, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Right? Bro, like, Me that too. It was good. <laughs> but we can only have five, you know? Yeah. But fuck. That movie was good. It was a good one. It was hype. <laughs> I sat there and I watched like the entire like King Kong and like uh, Godzilla franchise. I was like, "Ooh, this one was really good. I need to watch all of them in order now." But um, they're good. My my number five was North Hollywood, and my reasoning behind that is just because there was such. A chemistry on on set it feels like like just watching the film it, you know that these people have known each other for years already and the characters know each other for years in the story that the chemistry just flowed so naturally between character and like whether they were running for the cop fr- running from the cops or like going on double dates or like fighting with each other like it just it it seemed like there is a real connection between characters yeah great movie great Mm -hmm. cast all right my number four goes to mayor of east town um i wanted to mention this show at some point on any of my lists and this is just where it happened to be um but it, Mayor of East Town is a crime drama a la, like, hometown fucking true detective. And Evan Peters is in it. Fucking um, Kate Winslet. Fucking, there's really great um, actors. The one who plays Kate Winslet's mom in particular, I fucking love her. Everything that she's in that I saw her in last year it was fucking gold and I can't think of her name right now but she's she's incredible she's a fucking great actress um but yeah the whole cast was um interesting the dynamics between them were scandalous in the way that lends itself well to that type of tv show um so yeah go mayor of east town okay um so, number four for me was Only Murders in the Building. Ooh. And there's nothing I love more than two waspy old men 
throwing in a waspy young woman in the mix of it and seeing how they interact with one another and they are just so gossipy and nosy and they feed off of each other's energies in the most chaotic way possible and I just love it. Steve Martin is great. Martin Short is great. Selena Gomez is great. I it was just so so well done. Yeah, that show is really fun. Really, really fun in particular. Um, All right. Number three for me goes to the cast of Succession, the cast of characters in Succession. Um, Succession is a great show. It's in its it's finished its third season. Um, And it's just about a bunch of really shitty fucking people being shitty to each other. In their shitty family drama. And it they just happen to be fucking billionaires. Like think of think if like the Disney family was actually part of their multi fucking conglomerate, media conglomerate, you know, empire, and they all just have petty drama with each other. It's fucking fantastic. And each of the characters, in particular, Kiernan McCulkin is fucking fantastic he plays roman um and he's fucking great he's fantastic um the dynamics between greg and tom fantastic it's a great show succession on hbo sweet okay so we're on number three right Mm mm-hmm i mentioned this movie already and i'm gonna mention it again luca and I said it already, but I love the friendships and, like, the relationships between all the characters. I think it's really sweet. I think it's very endearing and very um, charming in times. So it earned a spot in another category. Yay! Go Luca. Luca's so good. He's cute. Mm-hmm. I like it. Very, very deserving. All right, we're on number two. My number two goes to uh, White Lotus. (laughs) As I mentioned when it won Best TV Show, it's just fucking great. It's a character drama based around this fucking mystery shit, murder mystery type of thing. It's fucking great. It's good. Every single actor shines. Um the interactions will make you cringe like you mentioned in the past like it'll make you cringe or it'll make you fucking die laughing um just because they're these like really absurd scenarios but like realistic you know um Mm -hmm. because sometimes like people have crazy ass stories you know i've got a few (laughs) um so this tv show is fucking great the cast is great and the characters are great the characters are what makes uh white White Lotus really shine. Okay. I put Nine Perfect Strangers. And you just, you need to watch the show to understand. These characters go from, like, um, having a lot of issues to really building each other up and being there for one another and falling in love with one another. It's just, it's, it's sweet. It's beautiful. It's the biggest chef's kiss. <laughs> I like it. Alright, and now our winners. Ooh. Which is why it's gonna seem funny. My number one goes to Squid Game. I 
love them. Is Me it yours too? too? Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, fucking all of them. Honestly, Every single fucking one. Go listen to the podcast because we we go into depth in the relationships of these characters with one another, and that will explain why this is number one in both of our lists. Yeah. Sangwoo and Ali will always break my heart. Oh, my God. Fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great show. It's in the cast and the actors. Like, I was so obsessed with the cast and with the actors afterwards from watching it. I was just watching interviews on Netflix because they're all just so charming and interesting in real life. Mm-hmm. And it's just really cool to see these very incredible, incredibly talented actors you know, just also be very um, interesting people, you know? for sure. Alrighty. Well, that concludes best cast of characters. And that concludes uh, most of any, like, film and animation. We are Mm -hmm. moving on to best soundtracks now. Yep. All right. I had difficulty with this category. Um, yeah. <laughs> I almost didn't want to do it. But then Shannon was like, oh, no, like, go Google some. like," And reminded me that Cruella came out. And yep. that was then instantly my number five because I remember loving the soundtrack from that movie. <laughs> and it's very grungy and punk and it fits this new brand of Cruella. And I thoroughly enjoyed the fashion in that movie but i very much enjoyed the music music oh yeah fuck yes um my number five goes to last night in soho um the music was really good also takes place in 60s era london which is really funny that you mentioned cruella and i mentioned last night in soho Mm um it's just got really great music and it just, I guess it just solidifies that like, you know, 60s English rock music was fucking lit. It was the move. Still as, is. <laughs> it still is the move. Yeah, it's it's great stuff. Um, and also uh, Anya Taylor-Joy has a beautiful singing voice and she gets the chance to showcase her singing ability by singing Downtown. And it's a really, really cool sequence in the film. So, yeah, that gets my number five. What's your number four? My number four is Suicide Squad. And I was not a fan of the first Suicide Squad soundtrack. I know 21 Pilots was on it. um, And they had that song that was on the radio for a while. What is it? Heathens? Yeah. I just, I was, I didn't like it. And this soundtrack is pretty solid compared to the first movies. And Fuck I think, yeah. wasn't it uh, the same director as uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yep, James so Gunn. And also pro- Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, his his masterpiece, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, man's not gonna let us down. Guardians of the Galaxy had a pretty solid soundtrack. This movie had a pretty solid soundtrack. Nice. My number four is Cruella. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, uh, not much to say there. Again, uh, the 60s mod music is just fantastic, and it lends itself 
really well to Cruella, and I wanted to give Cruella its due at some point because I don't give a fuck. I really fucking liked that movie. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was fun. It was just fun. It was escapism. Um, and the the whole Dalmatians being the reason why her mom dies is the funniest shit I've ever fucking <laughs> seen in a Disney movie ever. Right? Um, Cruella has trauma. But it works, and it's great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Cruella had great music. What's your number four? Or okay. wait, you did your number four, right? I did. We just did number four. We're moving on to number okay. three. Number, number three, three wasn't anything that came out in 2021. Um, okay. It was something that I had ordered in 2020 that later uh-huh. came to me in 2021. Uh-huh. And that is my limited edition The Last of Us Part Two vinyl. Oh, fuck yeah. So I had to give an honorable mention and put it at number three because that vinyl just sounds so haunting, especially with like the crackling of like a record player um, speaker. It It's just is breathtaking and i am i am a slut for uh augustus wait no gustavo Gustavo. yeah so yeah i had to i had to throw it in there oh fuck yeah that's a fucking great ass soundtrack and his music's fantastic uh we also did a podcast about the last of us part two (laughs) it was our very first podcast if you haven't listened to it go listen to it I think we did. We talk about the music there. We should have. Yeah, if I, we didn't. I maybe we did. I don't know. Probably not. Um, I do feel like we mentioned this podcast in every single episode, though, one way or another. <laughs> it's just full circle every time. It's, it's like it was circles. such a fun podcast. It was a good one. Yeah. Um, my number three. Um, was actually composed by one of my favorite composers. Which is Hans Zimmer. Okay. This one goes to Dune. Dune OST slaps. <laughs> it slaps. It slaps. It slaps. It's um, technically impressive from an engineering standpoint. It's musically impressive. Um, it fits the tone and the atmosphere of the universe. And... I'm a huge believer that a good movie is nothing without a good soundtrack. All of the best movies have a great soundtrack behind them. And uh, Hans Zimmer does a lot of them. Uh, And he doesn't miss to me. He's done Inception. He's done Gladiator. He's done Pirates of the Caribbean. He's done The Dark Knight. He's truly a fucking force. And um, he does a great job with Dune. Okay, so number two, Bo Burnham Inside. It's it's an excellent, excellent soundtrack, and it's a shame that it wasn't um, nominated for any Grammy or anything, especially Mm. for the force it took on the internet and across Spotify and Apple Music and everything. Um, He deserved better for that. That was such a... Like you said, it's impressive. It's impressive when anybody's able to write their own music, um, compose it, produce it, then make the music videos for it and come up with like a concept for it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a shame that 
it wasn't recognized that way because I think it should have been recognized. I agree. Um, I, I 100% agree. My number two goes to Encanto. Encanto has some really great music. Um, it's a highlight of the film. Um, God, there's so many fucking bangers. Um, everybody knows we don't talk about Bruno. Whoa, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking banger. Um, also Luisa's song, you know, the drip, 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 and it never stops. It's just fucking, it's good. It's good musical music in the same way that like Moana and Frozen have really good music. Um, it's also Lin-Manuel Miranda and, um, some of my favorite songs are basically the ones that like i fucking love you colombia <laughs> that's what the lyrics are but in spanish and it's really cool um to see that part of a disney soundtrack that's really fucking awesome so number two goes to encanto all right our winners okay my winner is <laughs> i've already mentioned this multiple times luca <laughs> I love that movie so much. Everything about it. <laughs> For real. I love it. Luca fangirl. Yeah. Okay, your turn. All right. My winner was Bo Burnham Inside. But that's a good one. Yeah. My favorite track, just for the record, is um, That Funny Feeling. Because every time something <laughs> gives me that funny feeling, that song just starts creeping up in the back of my head. And in a weird way, it makes me feel less alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know because I mean, like yeah other people feel that way and mm-hmm. it's also just really cleverly written in my opinion so absolutely okay next category next. fucking go we're moving further into music album of the year alrighty <laughs> you're gonna see just how much of a white girl I am I was, <laughs> yep, yep, I felt that. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, number five, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. She understood oh, the assignment. Fuck. It's grungy, it's punk, and I wasn't expecting any of it from her, and I loved every moment of it, and I will not apologize she, for it. She did that. She did do that. Yes. <laughs> my <laughs> My five goes to 30 by adele okay i fucking love adele i will never stop loving adele (laughs) her music fucking hits my soul and um she's fucking talented all right number four all right call me if you get lost by tyler the creator i saw tyler the creator at um outside lands and his performance was great he i don't think he really played that much from this album because it was like brand new but Mm -hmm. it's still still excellent (laughs) and it's funny how like every year that he's releasing an album lately billy eilish also releases an album yeah interesting (laughs) coincidence coincidence i don't know i think not not (laughs) um my number four goes to sour olivia rodrigo Yes. She did that. She did do that. That's what I'm saying. Um, A lot of songs on there are catchy. I like Deja Vu. I like Driver's License. I like fucking Brutal. I like 
good for you. It's just good. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good pop music, and she did that. Yeah. Okay. Number three. Number three. Number three didn't technically come out in 2021, but it still had so many bops through this year, through, like, playlists that I found, playlists that I've made, um, the music videos being released for the concept uh, story. It's Chip Chrome and the Monotones by The Neighborhood. And I'm obsessed with Stargazing. Stargazing is my favorite song off the album. And I wasn't a big fan of, like, their album before that. Um, But I really enjoyed I Love You. I really enjoyed Wiped Out. I can't even place the third album that they had. but Yeah, I didn't really like their third album. No, but they, they got me back with this one. Nice. All right, my number three really exposes how much of a white girl I am. Let me preface this by saying that, like, uh, this year was, like, kind of nostalgic in a sense. Like, Mm -hmm. when I think about Spider-Man, I think about, like, Encanto because I think about, like, my childhood. Um, I'm going with Red, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift, her re-release of the album Red. Um, I have friends, shout out to Brie and Ashley, um, who are big Swifties, and they pretty much won me over, um, and Taylor Swift's All Too Well literally had me crying, yes, had me crying, (laughs) because I was like, oh my god, I felt that, because (laughs) I know, I know what she's feeling, because men fucking suck. Yeah, they and um, I loved I loved folklore. I loved um, ever Everlong or whatever it ever, was. Evermore, or no ever ever. I think it's Evermore. Ever something. Oh. <laughs> you see, I'm not much of a Swifty, but um, <laughs> I did listen to her as a kid, and I do remember really liking her. And then I fell off. Um, but it's really cool um, to see her feeling empowered because she owns her music again and she's just revitalizing her her records her her catalog and just injecting them with new life um which is really cool to see because she's like putting in this perspective musically from a more mature place Mm -hmm. and i feel like a lot of her fans um empathize with that um sympathize with that and i think that's why taylor swift is considered one of the best songwriters of this generation, whether you like her or not, um, she's just so wildly successful because um, it's just her diary yeah. on a record. All right. We're on number two? Yep, number two. Another Dose. girl who basically just reads her diary and it's the ultimate, ultimate fuck you album, Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Ha- uh, happier than ever the track alone it is so great because it has an a and b side how many tracks mm-hmm. nowadays have that where it's like it becomes a whole other song halfway through the song and it gives you chills and she there's so much emotion and anger and energy flowing through it and it's such a change in pace through, like, the very end of the album. And then it goes to uh, m- Male Fantasy, which is, like, this really soft, 
ballad and it's just it's perfect it's billy all grown up and i loved every single track on that album i debated putting it on my list um especially in this spot (laughs) and it's just crazy to think that like i just kicked her completely off but (laughs) my number two goes to um to hell with it by pink panthers Pink Panthers is like this. I found her through TikTok, like sounds on TikTok. Um, And then I went to YouTube and she had like long, you know, longer versions of these songs on YouTube. And then um, she put out an album. Well, she put out like singles and EPs. And then we got an album. And um, I put it on this list because I fucking listened to this shit nonstop. It is a mood. It is an aesthetic. When you think of, like, when you just type in aesthetic on Google and it's, like, the pink fucking clouds and Bratz dolls and shit, it's fucking Pink Panthers, bro. And I fucking live for that shit. It's got this, like, D&B background, almost like 90s club music backgrounds, um, but with her really soft, um, light voice and her lyrics are interesting and her songs are short which kind of for someone like me with a short attention span uh is really nice yeah (laughs) they're like a minute and a half um minute 45 tops bro um but you'll find like three hour loops on youtube because it's just it's crack it's like crack for the brain nice all right our winners okay album of the year album of the year Planet Her by Doja Cat. Fuck yeah, mine too. Yes! <laughs> get into it, yeah! Get, get into, into it, it, yeah! yeah. Uh, get into it, bitches. Bad bitch energy to the max from start to finish. Not, Loved it. Not a single skip. Yep. I Great album. Shout out to my friend Letha. <laughs> She's the one who fucking, we would just listen to that whenever we would play Valorant. It was just Doja Cat constantly. And it still fucking bops. I still fucks with it. Um, I love seeing Doja evolve. Um, I have Hot Pink on vinyl. I fucking really enjoy it. Um, And I think Planet Her is fucking great. I love Planet Her. It's like the anthem for me and my uh, co-workers at the end of the night, <laughs> we just start blasting Doja Cat, whether we're driving home or closing up shop. Fuck yeah. All right. Song of the year. Song of the year. Do I start here? Yes, ma'am. All right. Song of the year. My number five goes to Transparent Soul by Willow Smith. Okay. Um, it's like her fray into this soul. soul. I can see it right there, just so you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> fucking fucks with that song. Um, she's got a voice, bro, and she's had it since fucking. Wait a minute, since before then, mm-hmm. since she was whipping her hair back and forth. But honestly, it's really cool to see this. Um, this chameleon this musical chameleon that willow smith is um she just lends her her voice to every genre and it works she she's like her daddy yeah he was a chameleon too you know and she's talented and that's a great song okay it's a banger so 
my number five is also Willow Smith, but it's uh, Meet Me at Our Spot by Anxiety oh, featuring yes. Willow Smith. And uh, I just... Cut them on. Baby, are you coming on the ride? ride? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to look into your eyes. <laughs> So I love it. It's so good. And the uh, live version they did of it was just so well done and beautiful and cute. And I really do love the musician and artist she is becoming to be and like really growing into herself and like being comfortable with herself as a writer. Yeah, that live track is truly like one of those live tracks that I actually prefer mm-hmm. over the studio recording 100 Mm percent and and that really comes from willow smith's voice she really kills it live in a way that like it wasn't as prevalent in the studio track you know but the studio track is still good don't get it twisted yeah all right number four my number four goes to passion by pink panthress um a minute and 30 seconds of pure bliss with um lyrics that i relate to (laughs) basically like if you were ever told that you were a gifted kid and now you feel like you're fucking lost um i feel ya and these lyrics fucking speak to that in a short succinct sweet way and um the beat is sick uh pink panthers is just really impressive because she's just this indie artist who also has she's collabed with Willow Smith recently, and she's supposed to release that track soon, hopefully. Um, so I a collab between the two of them would be fantastic, and I'm really excited for it. Nice. All right, number four. All righty. So my number four is "Time Moves Slow" by Bad Bad Not Good. Mm. Um. It was that whole TikTok thing with Adult Swim, and then it just started popping up on playlists, and we would be listening to it at work while we were working, and it's just, it's there's just something about that song that's, like, really vibey and chill and um, almost wise within the lyrics, and quickly became one of my favorites. It's a fantastic song. Mm-hmm. It's a great track. Good choice. All right, number three. This is our top three now. Yeah. I fucking love this song. And um, <laughs> it came out in 2021, so how perfect. Racist Sexist Boy by the Linda yes! <laughs> Fuck yeah. The most <laughs> punk rock thing I've seen all year. And I can thank my partner for that one. Um, <laughs> they sent that shit to me and it fucking... Put the biggest smile on my face. It is. I don't. If you haven't seen it, if you're at home and you haven't seen it, just Google the um, Linda or YouTube. Lindas. Yeah, just YouTube the Linda Linda's library performance, and they perform "Racist Sexist Boy" live, and it's just as amazing as you think it would be. It's it's true. It's true artistry. It's punk at its at its purest. It is. Pure raw emotion. Kick ass. Hell yeah. <laughs> they start out they start the song like three, four different times. It's fucking great. <laughs> it just it puts a smile on my face every time. It, it just it just gives me hope that music is it's at least it's an enduring human quality. Hell yeah. Alright. So my number three is Ain't Shit by Doja Cat. 
Yes. And you just know it when you hear the beginning. It sounds like it's going to be an Elton John song. And then it yeah. goes, man, this happened one, two, three times too much. And I am hooked immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great fucking album. It's such a great album. And that's such a fun song to just scream in the car to. Yep. Sorry, I was drinking some some lemonade. You're good. That's fucking great. Um, what's crazy about my song of the year list is that Doja Cat does not show up. <laughs> but the thing is, like, song of the year, I think, um, like, singular songs, right? Mm-hmm. When I think album of the year, I think album I listen to start to finish. Like, it, as, a, as a whole, it's complete. It's, it's great. Um, and she has great singles. I was going to put Woman on mm-hmm. this list. But then my favorite J-pop artist, Yutada Hikaru, put out music in 2021, and she she took fucking number two from Doja Cat, and what I'm, what song is Deja Vu? Um, It's fucking great. It's a great song. Um, There's not much to say about it. If you don't know... Who Yutada Hikaru is, um, you probably do. If you've ever played a Kingdom Hearts game, she's the one that sings the songs. Um, if you've ever watched an Evangelion movie, she's the one that sings the songs. Like she, uh, she's a pretty prominent um, Japanese musician, um, and it's just really amazing to have her make music again. She put out an album. Um, I'm not sure if the album came out t- late 2021 or early 2022. But um, Deja Vu was great. Oh, yeah. What's your number two? Um, So it's a TikTok song. It's Come Over Again by Crawlers. And it's really cool how so much of my music is found through TikTok. And I know Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are, like, under the impression that TikTok is, like, 15 seconds of fame and then people scroll past you real quick. Um. But if there's something that I enjoy and I keep hearing it, I'm going to go and listen to it. And that's what happened with this song. And it's so well written. And it's it's about grooming. It's about people pretending that they don't know how old someone is. And it's kind of uh, the same concept of uh, uh, Your Power by Billie mm-hmm. Eilish. But um, kind of from like a very angry standpoint of like, like the the bridge goes, take her name out of your mouth. You don't deserve to mourn. You just love the attention, or do you get bored? You like the power. Hope you get caught in the law. And it's mm. like, oh shit! Like, yeah, wow, <laughs> that's powerful, right? That's some powerful stuff. Yeah. What's really awesome about TikTok is um, the discoverability for artists. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people, a lot of talent that um you know are getting the recognition that they deserve um i found a lot of great indie artists from tiktok and i'm as much as that app sucks at certain points it is really fucking great in terms of fostering a very creative environment and collaborative environment so all right number one winners winner time winner winner winner, winner, chicken chicken dinner. dinner hell yeah all right my winner Goes to Yutada Hikaru again for one last kiss. 
the ending song for the Evangelion film. Nice. It was my number one song. You know when you do the Spotify wrapped? Mm -hmm. It was my number one song of 2021. (laughs) The amount of times that I listened to that song is obscene. I break down and get down to that song all the fucking time. <laughs> the the it, it's just so good. It's so good. I just want to listen to it now just talking about it. I'm just hearing oh, yeah. it in my head and bopping. That's my song of the year. I loved it. Okay. My song of the year is going to be Night Shift by Lucy Dacus. And it's I don't know. It's just a song that like I really started just like listening to on repeat towards the end of the year. And it's one of my favorites now. And I, I will be walking around, hanging around in my house, just belting the bridge to that song or like humming along to a tune to it. Felt that. It's it's really fun doing these like music conversations um, mm-hmm. because we've talked about them in the past. But you're such a musical person, and for me, it's always interesting to hear like what kind of songs um, you've been listening to this year and what's been grabbing your attention. Especially because you're a musician, you know, you're musically mm-hmm. inclined. Well, so I are you. <laughs> okay. Maybe. All right. I don't know. Y'all heard me sing on the podcast just now, and that was not good. <laughs> um. All right. What's the next one? What do we have next? Next one is best games. I best game. also labeled this games that I wanted to play or games that I have yet to play, but okay. I was interested in playing if I didn't get around to it. Okay. All right, um, I'll start then. Uh, my number five goes to Everhood. I talked about this on the Split Screen Cynics podcast. Um, it is a really cool indie game. It is trippy as fuck. Um, if you ever play it stoned, you're welcome. Um, it is a trip, and the music is badass. It's a music rhythm combat game with, like, undertale graphics and aesthetic and storytelling it's really cool you follow this knight um through this like dark um weird underground universe as he's trying to get his arm back um and it's just really fucking charming and awesome so everhood hell yeah okay my number five was Little Nightmares Part 2. Um, Little Nightmares is it's an interesting uh, concept of like getting something that's like kind of cute with something pretty scary and making it into a like like a brainstorm puzzle solving uh, style game. Where you have to like kind of have it's like an escape room and you have to be quiet and you have to hide in the shadows and you have to put two and two together in order to get out of the level. Um, yeah, I I've started playing uh, part two, but I have not been able to finish it. 
All right. Well, I haven't played it, but I've seen a lot of gameplay for it. And from a lot of the discussion that I've heard, it seems to really improve on the mechanics from one, mm-hmm. from the first Little Nightmare. So that's really cool. Um, I really want to play it. Um, you should stream it. I'd watch you. I'd watch you play it. <laughs> I'm not right. entirely tech savvy enough to stream, I don't think. <laughs> You'll figure it out. (laughs) Anyone can stream. Anyone can stream. (laughs) All right. um, Number four for me goes to Halo Infinite. I played a lot of the multiplayer. Um, I played like the whole, not the whole, like a good chunk of the Halo series beforehand um, because I'd never played them before. (laughs) Um, And playing Halo Infinite... um, was really fun especially because it's multiplayer um it has a multiplayer component it's good it's fun tight it's halo hell yeah <laughs> number four for me is spider-man miles morales um oh, i bought it while sick with the attention of playing it but um was sidetracked by a different game which i will mention later um but I really enjoyed the mechanics and how s- the style and flow of the first game was. And I just, I, I love Miles Morales as a Spider-Man. So I had to get it. I want to play Miles Morales. <laughs> I know that um, I'm looking forward to playing that on my PlayStation 5. Um, I'm really excited to see what it looks like um, with that processing power. All right, number three. My number three goes to Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, I love Mass Effect. Mass Effect ranks among some of my favorite fucking games of all time. I have a Mass Effect tattoo and a Last of Us tattoo. That should tell you that like, if it's tattooed on my body, it meant something. Um so yeah, Mass Effect, fantastic, and it's fucking updated graphics. For Mass Effect 1, it's just a huge improvement on gameplay, especially on console. It's like fucking game-changing for people who couldn't get into the series before. So it was really cool to see people who had never really tried it before or never really got into the first game um, be able to experience it in a whole new light. It's great. I love it. Hell yeah. My number three was Mario Kart. It's a game that I played with my friends, and it's a game that I played with my brothers, and it's a classic. It's just a lot of fun. And I think me and my friends are going to try and have like a Mario tournament instead of like a Super Bowl party. (laughs) We'll see how the we'll see how the weekend plays out, but I think that would be a lot of fun. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I love Mario. Mario Kart. Hey, That shit's uh, fantastic. Age is like fine wine. Right? Really. <laughs> <coughs> All right. My number two goes to It Takes Two. Um, this is a partner, a partner co-op game. I played this with my partner. Um, so it's a really fun, special game. Um, you have to play it with someone. And whoever you choose to play it with, I promise you, like, it'll be a really fun, 
and rewarding experience like you guys will have laughs together it's like a game that my partner would not typically play because it's like a puzzle platformer but um it's so fun to play with someone um and valentine's day is coming up so um play it takes two it's just so fun and the story is really um really heartfelt and emotional and uh in a way that i wasn't expecting and it has some like really good gameplay moments like like for example like this isn't a spoiler but you'll find little things to do that are like little two-player mini games that you can play with each other and it'll keep track and like sometimes you'll find interactable things within the environment so like you could find a seesaw and we found the seesaw and one person gets the ability to get big and so we're like oh yeah yeah launch me on the seesaw it'll probably get me to a collectible right nope wrong that shit launched me into space motherfucker (laughs) and you get a chivo for it and it's just really fun um it's a cute game and i could not recommend it enough um it really put a smile on my face okay number two for me was fall guys yeah fall guys was so much fun um it's a little difficult but like once you figure out the mechanics of it and what you're supposed to like the end goal of the game it, it's it's really enjoyable and it's just mindless and you can play it just to kill time and that's what i did it for Fuck yeah fall guys is pretty great um i'm a huge fan of it all right number one winners win win winner chicken dinner twice i made the same joke twice i don't give a fuck um my number one goes to resident evil village vampire goth mommy big titties (laughs) i love you lady dimitrescu um not only because of her obviously she's like a big marketing push Mm -hmm. but on a serious note um resident evil village is to me a spiritual successor to resident evil 4 which is my favorite resident evil game of all time which has quickly made its way to like one of my top five favorite games of all time it's just fantastic and so to see that in a modern setting with this like first person perspective and this new character it's just really cool to have a spiritual successor to something to to have something that feels so familiar but so new at the same time um the story is just as wacky and as fucking crazy as you would expect it to be and i love every minute of it (laughs) um the only reason that um I would maybe like knock on it is that maybe there's too many characters um, and people who've played the game will understand like each main villain has like an area Mm -hmm. and it feels like there's too many areas. Maybe they should have focused on like maybe two or three of the main five or six. I think it was five. Um but yeah, other than that, like it's a fucking great game. Lady Dimitrescu was a sensation. Um and I just I had a great time with the game. It was fun. It's a fun game. Truly. Yeah. Uh, Give me that winner. My that winner, winner Ghost of Tsushima. Oh. Um I I haven't been 
really in i don't know i go back and forth into the gaming world and i always find games that i want to play and i just put off playing um and ghost of tsushima was one from 2020 that i really wanted to play and it would have been resident evil if i'd given it more time i was playing it at my friend's house and i just i can't i don't do very well with like first uh person shooter games like that perception it just kind of mm-hmm. makes me nauseous but ghost of tsushima is just so brilliant brilliantly done and the graphics are incredible i love the side missions you can do i love the different stories you can go into and like learn about the different uh different style work of samurai life i, I don't know it's just it's a great game it it kept yeah. me quite busy for yeah. the times that I was sick. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima was definitely um, one of my favorite games that year when it came out. It's fantastic. And um, it could technically count for 2021 because I believe the director's cut came out in 2021, which has additional side missions and DLC content. That's the one I got. Yeah, so um, technically you could say that, yeah, it's fucking 2021. Um, I bought it for my PlayStation 5 because I finally got one, and I really want to play Ghost of Tsushima on a 4K screen yeah. you know, with 4K graphics because that game is fucking stunning. The music is stunning. Uh, the story is impactful, It's and the gameplay is really tight. It's a fun experience, so I'm glad you got to play it. Hell yeah. All right, we're getting into it. This is what, the last three? Yeah, it's the, yeah, wow, it's the last three categories. We've been talking for a while. Um, Yeah, thanks so much for hanging in there with us, you guys. Yeah. Um, But we're we're in the last three categories, so let's get into it. Okay, so we talked about things that we really enjoyed watching. Now it's time to talk about shit that we wish we haven't. That we didn't watch. Um, Would you like to go first? Sure. So this category is Worst Things I've Watched. Um, Number five goes to Wheel of Time by Amazon Prime. Uh, I was very disappointed with this series that I still haven't finished the last two or three episodes. I tried to give it a fair shake, but like it's hard to watch something when you know that the superior version is just sitting on your bookshelf. Um, yeah, it really sucks because I think that the potential was there. I think there were some really good casting choices and some, like, okay ones. But the changes that they decided to make, um, just didn't translate well. It felt like they were trying to make a Game of Thrones ripoff when that's not the type of fantasy that the Wheel of Time series is. So, it was pretty disappointing. Hmm. And it makes me nervous for the um, Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings show, honestly. Oof. Yeah. So. All right, Sarah. So, number five goes to Gossip Girl New Generation. That was on (laughs) HBO Max. Um, I've heard bad things about that. It listen, it's like bad TV that I'm addicted to. Uh, you know mm. how like reality TV sucks, but you can't help <laughs> but watch it. That's kind of like what it was for me. It's so bad compared to the f- like first generation of Gossip Girl, and it just feels like a de- like a Degrassi 
version of Gossip Girl, and the main character is just so selfish and like it, it's just it's bad. And I'm not gonna worry about investing my time into season two. I I spend enough of my mo- my time wasted on season one. The wow. cast the cast is all very aesthetically pleasing and very pretty to look at, but just like the story is not there. It's all over the place. Mm. Mm-mm. That's a shame. Mm. All right, number four for me goes to Reminiscence, that fucking movie that came out with fucking Hugh Jackman. <laughs> it, I I watched the first hour. I quit. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> It was bad and it was boring. And like, I'm a sucker because I'm Florida, so flow, born and raised. Hell yeah. <laughs> and whenever I see something that says, oh, this takes place in Florida or people go to Florida, I have to watch it regardless of whether it's good or not. Spring Breakers is a pretty good example of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I saw that this takes place in like a flooded florida and i was like whatever i'll give it a shot it was forgettable i don't even remember most of it Mm. i only watched an hour so yeah one of the worst things i've watched okay so my number four was i think you should leave season two um i just couldn't get into it season one was interesting it's just like one of those shows that's like a skit um Mm -hmm. and like there's different characters, but it's all played by, like, the same person type of idea. And I I don't know. Everybody talks about how funny season two is. Or I just, I couldn't watch it. All right. Number three for me goes to Eternals. That was so fucking bad. Really? Yeah, that was one of the worst Marvel movies I've seen. Um... It's boring. There are very few things that I do like about it. I don't hate it. It's just not good. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, like, it makes sense. I can I can put up with a lot of trash. Um, I don't know. This is it's just boring. The story isn't good. I couldn't tell you a single character trait about the the heroine, Cersei. That's pretty fucked up (laughs) that I couldn't tell you a single thing. Um, The plot is contrived and messy um, and the villains, um, the twist was interesting, but it plays its hand like it shows its hand a little too early. Mm. Um, It it, honestly, Eternals, um, there's a lot of really good video essays on YouTube that explain kind of my sentiments about it as to why it's bad um cosmonaut quickie uh being one of them but like this this movie would have served a better purpose if they had extended it into a tv show because there's a lot of different eternals right like it's like there's like eight of them yeah um and you don't get any time to really know any of them and you're supposed to believe that they're this family of cosmic beings that have been around for thousands of years and they just don't feel that way like there's just no chemistry on screen and it has a sex scene it's weird in a marvel movie it's really Mm -hmm. weird they were really proud of it it was just weird anyway yeah number three marvel's eternals (laughs) my number three was big mouth season five um 
I controversy. <laughs> I love Nick Kroll. I love John Mulaney for the most part. Um, you know, I'm able to. <laughs> they're comedians. Com- comedians are always getting into trouble because of shit they say because they have no filter and like things they do. But um, it's just it wasn't memorable. They keep adding more characters. I'm over it. Like, I really enjoyed season one, season two, season three. Season four, I kind of fell off the bus. And season five, I'm just, like, not impressed at all. All right. And now, don't worry, guys. We're getting through it. Because I hate talking about shit I don't like. <laughs> but this is interesting. Um, number two goes to Malignant. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of Malignant. Um, if you've seen Malignant, you know. <laughs> This shit is fucking bad. It is truly like, you know, think of think of the worst horror movie you've seen. The cheesiest, most over the top, stupid, mind-numbing horror film you can think of. And that goes to malignant. It's bizarre. And the thing is, I stuck with it, and the message at the end of it actually got me to cry, but it was because I was putting more effort into the film than what the film was giving me. <laughs> the film is unabashedly an homage to B-horror films. Um, it is very self-aware, um, but the thing is, um, the reason why satire horror like Scream worked or works like uh, like um, Nightmare on Elm Street also does a lot of really meta things. The reason why that shit works is because it's still scary. Scream, although it is a satire, a parody of the horror genre, it is still a good thriller. It is still a good slasher because it subverts the conventions of the genre. Malignant does not do that. Malignant is not nearly as smart or clever. Um, it, it loves to play this rendition of Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. And I swear to God, I fucking never want to hear that song again uh. in anything, in any piece of media for at least a year. Give it a break. Um, and this movie really used it a lot. Uh. Malignant's weird. It's bad. <laughs> Number two for me, you know it, Berserk. I yep. I forced myself <laughs> to watch that, and I'm I just I'm not giving it any more energy than that. Go listen to the podcast. Yeah, we did record a podcast about it. It's the episode before this one, so go listen. Number nine. Uh, uh, yeah. All right, my number one. This should be a surprise to no one who knows me. Cowboy fucking Bebop Netflix. Fuck I, you, Netflix. That was old. I hate you, Netflix. I that was yours too. No, it almost was. Oh. oh, fuck you, Netflix. I hate you. I I want to fucking speak to the person who greenlit this, and I want to have a serious conversation. I want to understand why you thought that this was fucking necessary. I I don't. I'm so hurt by it. <laughs> I'm so offended by it. And I'm so offended by it because Cowboy Bebop really, truly is, like, one of my favorite animes of all time. It really is such an important piece of media to me, and it's really influenced my tastes 
and pop culture as a result in music and film, like just the type of things I enjoy because it was such a formative experience. And to see it get reduced and trivialized and like, it's just a poor read of the source material, which is really sophisticated and self-reflective and introspective and cool. And the Netflix version makes this tonally out of place black exploitation version of Cowboy Bebop without understanding the elements that made it successful to begin with. And for me, it was the most painful thing that I watched in 2021. And I am glad that it's canceled. I will say that. I'm sorry. I don't think that people deserve to lose their jobs, but I just don't think anyone should put any more creative juices into that garbage pile because it's just bad. It just was not successful for a reason. And the people who are like, no, it it definitely deserves to come back. Y'all are just saying that to be fucking contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Like that show came out. Nobody liked it. Y'all are just saying that it's good because you just want to fucking stir up drama. It's not good. Fuck you, Netflix. <laughs> no, for real. Fuck you, Netflix. Because you also gave us the Jonas Brothers roast, and that shit was unbearable to watch. It <laughs> was that your number one. It was so bad. <laughs> I listen. Your- I love a good roast. I don't care who's getting roasted. Fuck, I love yes. a good roast. And yes. they did history roasts, which were a riot. And I just, I love the comedy rose. And this one was so fucking stupid. So many of the jokes did not land. Their wives were not funny. The boys were not funny. And I just, I had to turn it off after like 30 minutes. It just wasn't funny. The only person who was like (laughs) funny was like Pete Davidson. And he was in it for like two seconds. And that was it. And I was like, oh, this isn't getting any better. It just kind of like went and then just continue to go downhill from there yeah oy vey yeah all right good thing uh good thing our viewers know that these are the worst things from 2021 don't bother (laughs) at least at least from our objective subjective opinion whatever the fuck um don't don't watch those things. Mm-mm. It's not worth your time, especially Netflix Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, just just watch the anime instead. It's on Netflix too. Just oh, yeah. just click the anime. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Worst song of the year, Sarah. You want to take the lead on this one? All right. I have one answer and one answer only, and it's party all my life with my chin <gasps> up high. Fuck them all. Fuck them by. Twickers, it's my last day on this earth. Make that dollar, make it work. Oh my god. My brother literally texts me the music video to it, and he's like, this is the worst song ever, but I can't stop listening to it. It's stuck in my head. <laughs> That's the perfect way of putting it. It's like the worst song ever, but it's so hard not to fucks with it. Yeah. When it comes <laughs> Cause that backbeat is so like, um, like nineties hip hop almost, yeah. you know? It's surprising, but it's so bad. Amy Bibabi, her name is. Or M- wow. Amy by Baby. I don't know what it is. 
So you really, that's, that's it? That's, that's what it. You that's all I wanted. <laughs> I didn't have anything else to say. Holy shit. I love that. Okay. Well, I have a list. Go um, for it. But fuck, that is a good choice. <laughs> um, that's okay. <laughs> do, 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 do. That's stuck in my head now, bro. Like, <laughs> god damn it. All right. Well, my number five goes to Giving What It's Supposed to Give by DaBaby. Um, DaBaby had a pretty shitty year because he's a shit person. Um, <laughs> incredibly homophobic, transphobic, and a shit artist. And this song is just a testament to the pile of shit that comes out of his mouth. So there you go, DaBaby. 2021, worst song of the year, number five, because you aren't even fucking good enough to be my number yeah, one. Tell him. All right. Next one. <laughs> Who else sucks? Number four goes to the worst country song of all time. And that's literally what it's called. It. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I can't tell if it was written seriously or ironically. Um, and they probably think that's what makes it funny. But to me, it just makes it sad. Yeah. So <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> um, number three, don't tell me how to live. By Kid Rock. Okay. <laughs> Kid Rock came out with this bullshit-ass song. Basically, like, don't tell me how to live. <laughs> Just think of that, like, fucking meme that's like, <laughs> I found the worst genre of music, and it's country rock. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, like, really, uh, it's bad. Um, number two goes to I'd Rather Die by the Tramp Stamps. And the Tramp Stamps are an industry plant. Yeah, no, they suck. In the most obvious way ever. Yeah, they're not good. And this song is not good. Instead of listening to that fucking garbage, go listen to Racist Sexist Boy by the Linda Lindas. They're fucking badass. They're They're not industry plants. Yeah, they're legit. They feel it in their soul, and I respect that. And my number one for 2021 goes to the worst song, the worst pop fucking trash, Obsessed by Addison Ray. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck your garbage ass music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number one. Fuck all of you. Eat shit and die. <laughs> Eat shit and die. <laughs> um, with peace and love. So... <laughs> Um, finally, it's our last category. We've made it, you guys. Okay. We have fucking made it. Okay. What I wish I watched. Okay. I only have three. All right. Okay. So, Injustice. Oh, so you want me to... Oh, oh. Well, you already went. Okay, Injustice. Injustice. Um. Okay. I, I remember... Getting the video game when it first came out and being obsessed with it. it. It's basically DC Mortal Kombat. And yes. um, they made it into a movie that follows the comic books and the video game. And I just found out about it like the other day. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> How did I miss this? <laughs> but I wish that I had made time for it. I will be making time for it sometime in the near future. All right. Um, I'm going to say two because you said you only had three. Okay. So um, my number five went to Bridgerton because mm-hmm. 
like Gossip Girl, I'm into that fucking trash, bro. Because the OG, the OG Gossip Girl is trash, but it's my trash. Yeah, and I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Bridgerton looks like trash, (laughs) but it looks like my trash, and I'm about it. Um, I'm like a fucking raccoon in that shit. Nom 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 nom. (laughs) Delicioso. So, um. Bridgerton gets number five. <laughs> number four goes to Spencer. <laughs> this is the movie that gave Kristen Stewart her Oscar, her first no- Oscar nomination oh, for Best Actress uh, for her turn as Lady Diana Spencer. So Lady Di, Princess Diana. Oh. Um, yeah, I've seen trailers for it. I had my eye on it all year, but um, it never really released in any theaters next to me. And, um, it didn't, I, I didn't catch it on like, you know, uh, theater on demand on like Amazon or whatever. So I just didn't get the opportunity to watch it, but I really want to watch it. I honestly didn't see it um, being like, um, commercialized at all. Yeah. Um, so I really wanted to watch it. Um, I am going to watch it this year. Um, and I hope that it lives up to the hype. All right. Um, Okay, so you said you're number three, so do I say my number three? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so my number three goes to Tick, Tick, Boom, um, and that's the movie that gave Andrew Garfield his um, Oscar nomination this year, but it's a um, musical of Jonathan Larson's life, and uh, Jonathan Larson is the writer-composer of the musical Rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rent was a very, uh, influential part of my life, uh, growing up yeah. as a teen, you know, uh, <laughs> we sang Rent songs for yeah, our fucking we did. senior <laughs> choir show, bro, like, Rent is in my soul, um, and so to see, um, a really cool musical biopic about Jonathan Larson, I should have, I should have watched it in 2021, but I didn't have the time, so... I wish I watched it. Bummer. Number two. Number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. I really wanted to see it. Um, Got the flu, and then after getting the flu, got COVID, and then after having COVID, just never made time for it, and then I think it finally just left theaters, so now I gotta wait. (laughs) But I wish I had seen it when it had come out. You'll watch it. You'll, You'll get to watch it eventually. Don't worry. All right, my number two goes to Physical, which is a TV show on Apple TV. Um, I used to have Apple TV because I got it for free <laughs> for some fucking reason. So I had it free for a year and that expired. I didn't bother renewing it because honestly, at the time, there wasn't much on Apple TV that I wanted to watch. And then I saw an ad for Physical and then I got really pissed that I didn't <laughs> keep my Apple uh tv um i still haven't watched it i still haven't renewed my apple tv um maybe i can just like binge the whole season at once but it's about like it's got rose Byrne, the mom from like neighbors you remember neighbors Mm -hmm. with seth rogan his fucking wife in Mm -hmm. that movie she's funny she's cute um and she's like a, a jazzercise instructor in the 80s like it reminds me a lot of glow 
in okay. terms of like aesthetic and move, but in mood. But instead of wrestling, it's like the actual exercise scene. So it seemed like it had a lot of commentary to say about like you know the pressure put on women's bodies, things like that. Um, but I didn't watch it, so I don't fucking know. It could be really bad. <laughs> All right, and our winners of the last category of the night which is what okay. i wish i watched what's your winner for 2021 malcolm and marie um it had a little constru- controversy uh because of like the age difference between the two main character uh two leads but i i honestly don't see what the big deal is zendaya is like 24 25 and she's playing an adult who is married and it just looks so visually beautiful, and I love both of those actors, and I meant to watch it when it came out, and I just never got around to it, um, but yeah, I, I just, I love movies that are shot that way. It's just like very much like a one-scene scenario type of style, and at least that's what it's giving off. Yeah. Yeah. It seems, yeah, because they filmed this movie while quarantine was in effect, Mm -hmm. so they had these really crazy COVID precautions, and it's, like, only two people. It's only Zendaya and, um, gosh, what's his name? It's Denzel Washington's son. Yeah. What's his name? I'll look him up. I'm so sorry. You're fine. Something David Washington. I can place his face. I cannot place his name. He was also in The Black Klansman, which yeah. was a great film. It was an very, excellent very film. Good film. Um, um, hold on, hold on. Maybe hold on. John David Washington? John David I Washington, think, yes. Yep, there we go. It took me a second. I really had to fucking work through that one. Ooh, but I got it. I am a fucking god. You cannot play IMDb with me. But, I am the fucking champ. Yes, it was directed by <laughs> Sam Levinson and, again, music by Labyrinth. The guy from Euphoria. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's the same team from Euphoria. That's yeah. crazy. So, can't go wrong. Oh, man. I would love to add that to my list. I'll make a note of that. Malcolm and Maria. I forgot, honestly. Um, my number one goes to the TV show Reservation Dogs. It is Ooh. written by Taika Waititi. Um, I'm pretty sure I fucking said his name wrong. I'm it's on really Hulu, sorry. right? Yes, it is on Hulu. It's part of like FX on Hulu. Yeah. Um, but it's about hood rats, fucking native reservation reservation dogs, bro. I love the play on the title, which is an homage to Reservoir the Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Um, by Quentin Tarantino. Um. And I like Taika's um, brand of humor, and I like his style when it comes to directing. I mean, he did Thor Ragnarok. He's also done episodes of The Mandalorian. He's just a very talented um, human being, and I love his perspective. And um, the actors are all native, which is important um, from what I can tell. Um, and it's just, you know, uplift and, and support native voices, right? Indigenous voices. So, um, I really wanted to watch it. Unfortunately, I just didn't have the time because as you can tell, we've watched and listened to and played a lot of shit in the year of 2021. (laughs) Yep. 
Alrighty. Well, that wraps up Sarah, our... closing it. <laughs> that wraps up our show. How do you feel? I feel great. Wow, we really fucking powered through that. I think the on- only other episode that's longer, or if not as long as this, is the Ghibli one. Yeah. Ooh, we got through it, though. Yeah, we did. That was a lot. Um, all right, well... Thank you all for tuning in again for another episode. Um, hopefully, we will be a little bit more uh, consistent with like how frequently like, we we've been pretty consistent in like uploading and everything. I think yeah, like once a month, yeah, once every other month. Yeah, I don't once, know. We can definitely month, be more a little we better, can be more consistent. Yeah, about it. Whatever, we're trying. We have lives. Um, thank you for. <laughs> Thank you for always tuning in with us. As usual, you can find us on Twitter at casuals. Um, is it casuals underscore only? At yes, casual, ma'am. yeah, at casuals underscore only. Tweet us. Let us know what we should watch. What you think? Um, remember to leave reviews on Apple as well as Spotify, and give us a follow on some of our other things i have been posting a lot on my art instagram recently i have been doing a little bit yes. of little bit of graphic design work so go check it I out i love your art i yeah i've been pretty active um i'll probably be posting a lot in the near future as well that's at the cosmic punk on instagram um shannon you want to plug your twitch yeah yeah, so my Twitch <coughs> is twitch.tv slash cybershannon, but I also have a Twitter now um, that I can plug, so um, you can tweet me at casualshannon. Hell yeah. <laughs> and that'll just be like my, my podcasting account, so yeah. Sweet. There you go. Awesome. Well, until next time. Until next time. Stay classy. I'm Shannon. San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't prepared. I I, I said I would do this. I didn't prepare anything. (laughs) Me either. I just go, I'm Shannon. Yeah, everybody fucking knows that. All right. right. (laughs) On the real. We'll we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. No sponsor this week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.